Turn to the front page, or I guess it's about the middle, isn't it? Page 227. Uh, with the beginning of the church year, uh, we'll use the corporate confession, the order of the confessional service, beginning on page 227 in the green hymnal. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. We'll chant Psalm 42 responsibly. I'll do the antiphon, and you'll start with stanza one. shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is God? 
remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with the multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me, O in God? For I shall yet praise him for the help My God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan and from the heights of Hermon, from the hill Mizar. He calls unto me the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression As with the breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me, while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me, O God? For I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. Dearly beloved, as we intend to come to the Lord's Supper, we should diligently examine ourselves as St. Paul exhorts us to do. For this holy sacrament has been instituted for the forgiveness of sins and the special comfort and strengthening of those who humbly confess their transgressions and hunger and thirst after righteousness. But if we thus examine ourselves, we shall find nothing in us but sin and death, from which we can in no wise set ourselves free. Therefore, our Lord Jesus Christ has had mercy on us and has taken upon himself our nature so that he might fulfill for us the whole will and law of God, and for us and for our deliverance suffer death and all that we by our sins have deserved. And to the end, that we should the more confidently believe this and be strengthened by our faith in a steadfast obedience to his holy will, 
He has instituted the holy sacrament of his supper, in which he feeds us with his body and gives us to drink of his blood. Therefore, whoever eats of this bread and drinks of this cup, firmly believing the words of Christ, dwells in Christ and Christ in him, and has eternal life. We should do this in remembrance of him, showing his death, that he was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification, and rendering unto him most hearty thanks for the same, take up our cross and follow him. And according to his commandment, love one another, even as he has loved us. For we are all one bread and one body, even as we are all partakers of this one bread and drink of this one cup. Turn the page. Let us make confession of our sins. Almighty God, our Maker and Redeemer, we poor sinners confess unto Thee that we are by nature sinful and unclean, that we have sinned against Thee by thought, word, and deed. Wherefore, we flee for refuge to Thine infinite mercy, seeking and imploring Thy grace for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. O most merciful God, who has given thine only begotten Son to die for us, have mercy upon us, and for his sake grant us remission of all our sins. And by thy Holy Spirit, increase in us true knowledge of thee and of thy will, and true obedience to thy word, to the end that by thy grace we may come to everlasting life, Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Do you promise that with the aid of the Holy Ghost you will amend your sinful life? I do promise. Do you believe that my forgiveness is God's forgiveness? I do believe. As you believe, even so may it be unto you. By virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. We continue with the introit that is on your white bulletin insert and then following that with the Kyrie. So if you turn to page 10. The introit on your white sheet, and then page 10 with the Kyrie. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Holy Ghost, 
we beseech thee thy power, O Lord, and come, that by thy protection we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins, and saved by thy mighty deliverance, who livest and reignest with the Father and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. The Old Testament reading for the first Sunday in Advent is from the 33rd chapter of the book of Jeremiah. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will perform that good thing which I have promised to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause to grow up a branch, up, up to David, a branch of righteousness. He shall execute judgment and righteousness in the earth. In those days Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will dwell safely. And this is the name by which she shall be called, the Lord our righteousness. For thus says the Lord, David shall never lack a man to set on the throne of the house of Israel. Nor shall the priests, the Levites, lack a man to offer burnt offerings before me to kindle grain offerings, and to sacrifice continually. Here ends the reading. The epistle is from the 13th chapter of the book of Romans. And do this, knowing the time, that now is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand, Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and not in lewdness and lust, not in envy and strife, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fill its lust. 
Here ends the epistle. According to St. Matthew, the 21st chapter. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her foal. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. He brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a great and a very great multitude spread out their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitude who went before and those who followed cried out, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Here ends the Gospel. Nicene Creed on page 17. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures and ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. 
And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is together, is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. from Romans 14, verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Here ends our text. Let us pray. Merciful God and Father, we thank thee that thou hast caused the Son of Righteousness to rise upon those that dwell in darkness, and we beseech thee, graciously break the power of darkness in our hearts that we may continually increase in the knowledge of thy truth, serve thee in righteousness and true holiness, through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord. Amen. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Christ is King. 
Today's gospel reading records Jesus going into the Jerusalem temple and he is riding upon a donkey as king. This account teaches us, though, what kind of king he is. Now, of course, he rules heaven and earth with divine omnipotence. We call this the kingdom of power. Because Jesus is God, begotten of the Father from eternity, even now in his human nature, Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. Yes, this kingdom is clearly shown the past few Sundays where we see Jesus returning on the last day. He is seated upon a throne and all will bow before him. That is the kingdom of power. But today's account is showing us how he rules in the church. We call this the kingdom of grace. In the church, Jesus sends out prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to proclaim the word. And it is through the word that Jesus creates faith and gathers his believers I have spent a good deal of time talking and explaining how the believers can be found gathered around word and sacrament. However, I have explained that faith cannot be seen. And thus, we don't know for sure who is a believer and who isn't, though Christ knows. He always knows. You see, he divides the sheep and the goats. Or he makes a distinction between the wise and the foolish virgins. Today, though, today I wish to explain another aspect of this kingdom of grace. It is not bound by a certain place or a right, an outward right, or by food or by clothing. The kingdom of God can be recognized, yes, by outward markers, but what about this kingdom, this kingdom of grace? Well, kingdoms normally have what we would call outward physical places which they occupy. Kingdoms have borders by which you can say, this area is within and it is ruled by the king or governing authority. And this area without, yeah, it does not belong to the kingdom. Well, the church, which is made up of believers, it's not restricted to certain regions. Believers can be found in every country, in every region of the world. There is not one place which serves as the capital, no, nor is there a Christian region which is ruled by Christian principle, no, no. The kingdom of grace is different. Other kingdoms have certain customs and rights, but the scriptures do not do that. They do not prescribe one particular order of service, nor do they legislate even the ceremonies. Worship is not restricted to one particular day of the week, or day of the year. Water, yes, water is to be applied in baptism, but whether by dunking, pouring, or sprinkling, it's, it's not prescribed. Prayer is commanded, 
But whether you fold your hands or you lift up holy hands in prayer, it's not prescribed. The apostolic council in Acts chapter 15 stated what the Holy Spirit desired for his church. And they went on to say that the mark of the, on the body, that of circumcision, was not required to be a, a, a believer. It was in the Old Testament, not, not now. Whoever believed in Christ was saved. They were a member of the church. St. Peter learned that the kingdom was not a matter of food or drink or clothing. Once Christ had fulfilled all of those Old Testament regulations, they were no longer required. And so Jesus sums this up. Luke 17, verse 20 to 21, he says, The kingdom of God does not come with your observation, nor will they say, See here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. Today, I would like to make this teaching about the kingdom of grace quite personal. Let us apply this internal kingdom of faith, not to the congregation of believers, sheep and goats and wise and foolish. No, no. Let's apply it to you. When Jesus gathers his believers, he creates faith in the heart. Therefore, we can say that Jesus rules his believers by the Holy Spirit in the heart. He doesn't rule them by means of outward laws and regulations. He doesn't rule them by outward control. Now, the secular world, they do that, yes. There are ruling by policing agents, by judicial judgments. In fact, it's even the threat of punishment which which curbs the evil desires of the world and and creates a a rule. It's, It's often simply the show of force which keeps harmful behavior in check. I went to a, a Christmas concert and walked in the, the, the door of the church and there were two uh, uh, uniformed officers standing. And you go, oh, okay. Um, that's the way the world rules. A police car in the vicinity checks evil behavior. Roped off areas. Even the warning of signs rule us. What is so amazing is that in the kingdom of grace, the believer is not ruled by any of these things. The Holy Spirit arouses a faith in Christ in the heart, which then rules the new believer. To say that the kingdom of God is within you is to say that the Holy Spirit is not ruling by outward force. He's not compelling you. The Holy Spirit is ruling within, so that by means of an inner change, you bring forth the fruits of faith that would be good works. While other kingdoms are exerting force by outward means of boundaries and rights and rules and regulations, the Holy Spirit is bringing change out from within, inside out, not Outward rule forcing that which is simply outward. The church, yes, it does have signs of its presence. 
but they are within. And these inward trappings are the work of the Holy Spirit. What do we find? The church, as we're talking personally, the person receives a renewal of the image of God and that original righteousness that was lost. It's renewed in them. The person who is declared righteous by faith is sanctified. They're made holy within. The heart of the person is cleansed from sin. The person inside is enlightened by the Holy Spirit to understand what they did not understand about God before. They are guided into that which is good. And the person who is the believer is given a conscience, a conscience that now desires to do what is right and shun evil. St. Paul teaches us in Romans 14, 17, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So yes, the the church is not restricted to uh, our rites and food and drink and regions. The believer is found where the Holy Spirit awakens and brings forth from within righteousness, peace, and joy. But these are not outward trappings. They're inward gifts. And Christ is ruling as believers from within. Righteousness is the forgiveness of sins in which you are made a saint in God's eyes and you know it. Peace is the understanding that comes with the forgiveness of sins. I have been reconciled with God and His wrath has been turned away. And joy is the sure and certain hope of eternal life. So once again, all of these three, righteousness, peace, and joy, and you can add to that hope, are all the result of the Holy Spirit ruling from within. If you lose your ability to leave your home and to come to church, you still remain a part of the kingdom of grace And the Holy Spirit is ruling from within. Take away the purple pyramids, the pews, and the kingdom of Christ still remains. Take away the entire liturgical year. Take away Christmas, Easter, and you will find that you still have Christ's righteousness, peace, joy, and hope. It is within you. Lock you up in prison, and you would still be ruled by the Holy Spirit. It's not restricted to those things. There is still church. None of those things can take away from you your righteousness, peace, joy, or hope. The kingdom of God is within you. So to complete the circle then, though we cannot see these inward gifts, the rebirth that is within you does come out. It has outward sign. The believers in Christ do want to come and hear the word of God. Uh, um, It's not outwardly required of things they have to do, but inwardly they desire. I want to do good works. They're moved from within to do outward works of righteousness. The Apostle James makes it clear that faith is not real if it simply remains within. No, faith is the Holy Spirit ruling. And that ruling produces righteous works towards God and love toward the neighbor. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, St. Paul describes the ruling of the Holy Spirit from within when he says this, 
I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me, gave himself for me. You see, there is a new life. It's due to your having been placed into Christ's kingdom of grace. You are changed within. You have a changed life of thankfulness and love. We can describe this inward kingdom of grace by saying Christ lives in us. Ephesians 3.17, it says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that through you being rooted and grounded in love. So, let me mention in passing that to some degree these outward signs of the believer can also be accomplished by hypocrites and that's why we had our story about the goats and about the foolish virgins. The presence of outward works is not a fail-proof determinant of whether someone is a believer. No. But the inward signs, they are without fail. If we could only see them, as Jesus does, the righteousness, the peace, the joy, and the hope. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So furthermore, the Holy Spirit, who is ruling in his church, goes on to take the believers who have these things by protecting them from the harm of temptation. He leads them to the heavenly kingdom, and that's the third kingdom, the kingdom of glory, uh, of which we are progressing toward. So today's Holy Gospel, it shows us Jesus. It shows us what kind of king we have. He comes into Jerusalem and he arrives at the temple. He doesn't appear to be ruling anything. His mount is a lowly donkey. He arrives without soldiers or weapons. They lay down their coats and palm branches. But they profess a proper interpretation of the Holy Scriptures that Jesus is the promised king, promised by the prophet Zechariah. Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey. This one who comes, they know, is one who brings Forgiveness. He is the Lord, our righteousness. And they have the inward signs of righteousness, peace, joy, and hope within. How do they respond? They respond in the way that those who are part of the kingdom of grace should respond. With the Holy Spirit ruling from within, they profess the truth. They show it with their outward actions of palm branches and such, with their praise and their sings of Lord save us, Hosanna in the highest. But we see that the Pharisees, those outside, they try to stop the believers. They start to stop this thing which they don't understand. It's a kingdom of grace and it lives within us and it can't be stopped. And so when they try to stop the believers from praising Jesus and they ask Jesus about it, here's what he says. He says to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Faith, which has righteousness, peace, joy, and hope, comes out the mouth and gives praise to our Jesus, who is our King. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. In your green hymnal, if you'll turn to page 18, uh, we will sing the canticle.
create in me. We stand. Page 19, the general prayer, we stand. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we thank Thee for all Thy goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of Thy dear Son and for the revelation of Thy will and grace. And we beseech Thee so to implant Thy word in us, that in good and honest hearts we may keep it and bring forth fruit by patient continuance in well-doing. Most heartily we beseech thee so to rule and govern thy church universal with all its pastors and ministers that it may be preserved in the pure doctrine of thy saving word whereby faith toward thee may be strengthened and charity in us increased in us toward all mankind. Grant also health and prosperity to all in authority especially to the President and Congress of the United States, the Governor and Legislature of this Commonwealth, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after thy good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please thee also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries that they may cease their enmity and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, of anguish of labor, peril of death, and any other adversity, especially those who are suffering for thy name and for thy truth's sake, comfort, O God, with thy Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of thy fatherly will. And although we have deserved thy righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat thee, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth, nor our many transgressions, but out of thine unspeakable goodness, 
Grace and mercy defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of thy mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble show thyself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause also the needful fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with thy blessings. We ask your blessing upon our Bishop James, our pastors Michael and Gary. We give you thanks for the 28 years that you have provided us with a learning center to teach your word to children and teachers and parents. And we ask that as this opportunity comes to an end, that you would provide us with wisdom and direction, that we might continue to be good stewards of your manifold blessings. Guide and bless the labor of those who serve others in our society. Bless social workers, probation officers, all those who work to bring calmness, order, and peace to disrupted lives. As your servants here on earth, give them patience, courage, and compassion to answer the many pleas for mercy. Bless our armed forces, especially Jason and Blake, our police officers, especially Daniel and Alex, our shut-ins, Carolyn and Patty, elderly Violet and Tom, those pregnant with child, Susan and Christina. Be with the needs of Kevin and Levi, Larry and Deb, Christina, Jim and Charlotte, Denise, Melanie. We thank you for a successful uh, procedure for Anita. Uh, and we ask for continual uh, help, also for a successful surgery for Jackie. And as we await uh, the uh, report to come back. Be with our students, with Tom, Kara, Jonathan, Sarah, Sadie, and Alexis. O Lord God, thou Lord of life and death, who turnest man to destruction and sayest return ye children of men, we humbly give you thanks for the benefits of body and soul that you supplied to Butch's sister, Janie Rains. You have bestowed upon her, and now you have suddenly called her away. We pray to comfort all the survivors who mourn her death. Awaken all of us to sincere repentance and faith that in the hour of death we can commit our souls and bodies unto your hands, fall asleep with joy unto eternal life, and finally rise again on the last day. These and whatsoever other things thou would have us to ask of thee, O Lord, vouchsafe unto us for the sake of the bitter sufferings and death of Jesus Christ, thine only Son, our Lord and Savior, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Together we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As it is in Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us do in his own testament. Hear us as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 
Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.